Hi, I'm Marco, and thanks for listening in. I'm a medical doctor and researcher, and my mission is to empower healthcare workers to prevent infectious diseases. Each episode is a short conversation with experts sharing their insights with us. This episode is dedicated to all the frontline healthcare professionals who have shown immense courage every day during the COVID-19 pandemic. Despite tough times, they overcome extraordinary challenges and save lives. My guest today is Medefin Andersen, an ICU nurse at one of the largest intensive care units in Denmark. She has also been the hygiene coordinator in the ward for more than eight years. During the beginning of the pandemic, Medes ICU department quickly became full of the most affected patients with COVID-19. It was a scenario most people could not have foreseen. In this episode, you will gain insights from one of the many frontline healthcare heroes. These stories must be told so we can learn from the pandemic and prepare for the next. So let's welcome today's guest. Excited to have you, Mede. Thank you very much. Can you tell us about yourself and your work? Yeah. Well, I can tell you I'm 43 years old and I've been working as a nurse for 19 years and it has always been in my ICU department at my own hospital in my own town. For one year, I was at a children's ward just to see something else and try something new. But I knew I wanted to go back to the ICU department. So I've been there ever since. And what made you decide to become a nurse in the first place? Well, actually, I wanted to be a police officer as my dream job. Okay. But here in Denmark, there are some heights requirements for being a police officer, and I was too short. So uh, I was thinking what would be the next best thing. And then I thought about nursing would be some of the same. You help people in some need of help just now in the healthcare system, except from help from the police. And you're definitely doing that as a nurse, but you also decided to become an ICU nurse. What yeah. do you like most about being an ICU nurse? I think that we have a very important job in helping both our patients and their relatives in the most critical time of their lives when they are so critical ill. I think that's the most important job as an ICU nurse. You have both the patient, but also all the relatives and families. Yeah. And what is the most difficult part then of being an ICU nurse? We sometimes are in very difficult situations with, example, young patients who are very ill and some of them die. And it's hard sometimes when the patients are your same, the same age as your children or the same age as your parents, and you have to comfort the families. But it's also very giving as a nurse to help the patients because a lot of patients do well and come out of the ICU. So I think it's a whole picture of the nursing. Also, all the uh, technical skills you have to learn at the ICU, all the machines. And yeah, so I think it's just not one thing in the ICU department. It's many things that you do in your job that give so much meaning. Exactly. And thank you for sharing that. As mentioned, you have many years of experience being a nurse and an ICU nurse. So thinking back, what do you consider your biggest accomplishment in nursing? I think that I now at my uh, ICU department is considered an expert, you can say that, with my many years of experience. And that has also led to that I train almost uh, all of my new colleagues who uh, begin in our ICU department and seeing how they develop as ICU nurses from my training. I think that's so nice and it's very giving to me as well to teach all the things I have learned and know on to uh, my new colleagues. And 
that also leads me to think about at the moment, there's been a lot of talk about the increased pressure in the hospitals and yeah. on nurses in particular. Have you experienced this situation at that time for training and education? What are your thoughts on this? We take the time to train our new colleagues. It's very important. They have a period of three months when they are under the guidance of me or some of my other experienced colleagues. But we also have the same problem as many other wards in Denmark now. We need more nurses. Exactly. And perhaps we can talk more about that later also. But let's talk about COVID-19. Yeah. Because you have been the hygiene coordinator for the ICU department yeah. during the pandemic. And please take us through when you first heard about COVID-19 until you started treating the first patient in your hospitals. Yeah. What did you think? It was both a exciting time and we were a little bit anxious because no one knew of this illness or disease, not even our doctors. So everything was new for all of us. But it was very important for me as the hygiene coordinator to get the guidelines out to my colleagues and get them to read them and understand them. And then we made this school, we could say, for our colleagues where we taught them how to put on the protective gears in the right order and how to take them off at the right order so we didn't contaminate ourselves with the disease. Exactly. And was that your role as a hygiene coordinator to do that? And what other tasks as a hygiene coordinator do you have? Yeah, that was part of my job. And then just the guidelines were changed almost every day because of this new pandemic. And we printed them out and we hung them up different places at the ward. And I was very... Um, busy trying to teach how to disinfect our hands almost all the time and disinfect the environment and how to clean the rooms after a patient has been there uh, with the COVID-19. So I didn't nurse a lot of the patients just there because I had a lot of other things to do, all of the practical things. What would you say was your most important task as a hygiene coordinator during the pandemic? To make sure that my colleagues understood the guidelines and worked correctly after them. Okay. And how did you then face these challenges with the shifting guidelines and requirements? How did you tackle that? And do you have any suggestions for how we can prepare for that in the future? I think this was very hard for everyone because it was so new. So every day something new would come that we should, how to take care of them or what to wear and what not to wear and what not to do. So I don't think that we could have done anything different at that time. But maybe now we have learned from this and now we know a lot about the hygiene as well and taking care of these isolation patients. So I think that maybe if there comes a new pandemic, we will be ready in, on another level because we have been through this. And what other challenges did you face during yeah. the pandemic in the ward? We had a lot, not a lot, but some of our colleagues who was very frightened about this disease, very anxious about it, and some of them so bad that we had to move them to another department because they just couldn't work in our department because of this COVID-19. Okay, and how did you tackle this mental health issue and challenges? Was it information? What did you do? It was a lot of information and reassuring my colleagues that we did it in the right way. We had the protective gear that we should use and it was okay. And then it was very important for us also to not let let us, yeah, what do you say, all the things that were going on in the media as well, showing pictures from other countries 
where it was really bad. So they don't have to be afraid to work in my ICU department because we knew how to do it. Exactly. And what is your thought on the media's role in all this? Because as you mentioned, there were different news and people could be very scared. How did you tackle that? Well, especially with the protective gears, we saw a lot of different ways how to wear them. And in many countries, they wore a lot of more than we did. So my colleagues were often in doubt about what I have told them was the correct way. And none of my colleagues were infected. You mentioned that media also plays a role, but of course you have seen so many patients and treated many patients with COVID-19. Can you mention a particular patient story that affected you and what we can learn from it? Yeah, we had a male, 70 years old. He and his wife were on a cruise ship in Italy and they were both infected with the COVID-19 on board the ship. And when they finally came to Denmark, it was very difficult for them because no harbor would take them. But when they came to Denmark, the male was very ill from his COVID-19 and he was actually one of our first patients in my ward with COVID-19. He ended up staying at our ward for 100 days. Whoa, but he, yeah, yeah. yeah, but he survived the COVID-19 and as we know today, he's healthy. Yeah, he was very sick of it and also sedated, intubated in prone position for many days. And But he came through it. What we learned from that experience was that under the COVID-19, there was no relatives allowed uh, at our ward. He developed a severe case of delirium. So uh, we made an exceptional rule for his wife so she could come one hour a day. And, and for people no... made it not knowing yeah. what delirium is, can you quickly yeah. explain what it is? Yeah, he was uh, very uncomfortable and couldn't lie still in bed. And, and confused. Yeah, very no. confused and yeah, couldn't sleep at night. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was very bad for him. But then his wife came to visit one hour a day, and there's no doubt about that that made him come through his sickness and his illness with COVID-19. It was so good for him. It made a world of difference that she could be with him. And I guess that that is really an important learning because yeah. in the beginning, I guess, and for how long, no relatives were allowed as visitors in the hospitals. We How still have no visitors. That? Yeah, okay. For COVID-19 patients, there still are no visitors allowed. Okay. But all of us nurses are very, we don't agree with that. But unfortunately, we don't have the last saying in that. It has been the most difficult thing for us because we are used to having relatives and families visiting all day. We have no visiting hours. They can come as they please. So from one day to another to go from always having some relatives or family members of our patients to suddenly none visitors. It was very hard for us nurses because we use the relatives to get to know our patients and they are a big resource for the patients. So that was a difficult for us to take in and still is. And I think your example is a great way of thinking how important family, friends, visitors are also in the treatment of the patients and the conditions in general. So thank you for sharing that. If you think about COVID-19 and also yeah. about infection prevention in general, then what do you consider the most important aspects of infection prevention management? The most important is that we as hygiene coordinators are visible in the department. People know who we are and that we know the guidelines at first hand and then that all of the colleagues can come and ask us. But the visibility of us and the work we do, that is very important. 
and to put the focus on how important the infection prevention is. What are typical questions from your colleagues you receive? Yeah, we have had a lot of not mistrust, but doubts about the uh, PPE mask, for example. How many hours is allowed to wear it? That has caused a lot of discussion among my colleagues. Because in the beginning of the pandemic, the rule of the three hours were made to eight hours. And not all of my colleagues could understand that. And they thought that it was just so we could take care of the patients and be with them for a long time. So we had a lot of trust issues that I had to work with my colleagues and tell them that it was okay to wear the mask for longer than three hours. And it was not made just to harm us. It was made because we can have it on for more hours than the three hours. But that was kind of an issue and actually still is among some of my colleagues. Yeah. And how do you work with this mistrust, you can say? Is it communication or what it's is it? It's a lot of communication. And we actually made this flowchart schedule. So it's nothing to be in doubt on when you have to wear the PPE mask or when you just can wear an ordinary mask. Yeah. So there's no doubt about when to wear the one or the other. We have made it very visible, clear and made a big post-it about it. And I think that's interesting. Information, visibility, yeah. a lot of communication. That's really important. So thinking back on the pandemic, how has it uh, reshaped the way healthcare professionals work or how you work in general? I think that we now stand more together, if you can say that. We work as a team and we decided to solve this as a team and together help each other. Because of my department very quickly being full of the COVID-19 patients, we did a lot of cohort isolation and work more in teams. So not everyone was in with the patients at all times. Some were out on a break and then other colleagues could go in and take care of two or three patients at the same time. And then we could do this. We could help each other in that way. So we work one-to-one. We have only one patient, but under the COVID-19, you don't have your own patient. You help with all of the patients. Okay. So the team spirit and the connection with your colleagues has improved and has become stronger. Yes. Yeah. And then also, what are your most important learning from the pandemic? I think that it has been very exciting to try some new illness or disease that no one knew of and seeing how everyone stood together and tried to solve all the issues with the COVID-19 patients. They were very much alike, the patients. They had only one organ failure, the respiratory, some were in dialysis, but not all of them. So they were very much alike. So we could help each other and solve some of the problems we had with one patient that would also come with the next patient. So it was all about standing together and we have worked very much in teamwork. And I think we do that now as well. Great insights. Let's hope that this continues. This is so important. We have a question from a listener who's asking, how do you think that we as healthcare practitioners best prepare for the next pandemic? Yeah, I could say knowledge, but we don't have that if it's a new one. So I think it's just to prepare for something like this maybe could happen again. I just think we have to not go with the flow, but we did that. And I think it went very well. So I don't know if you can prepare for another pandemic, but now you know how it's like to be in the middle of a pandemic. And so maybe just because of that, we are better prepared the next time. Let's hope, let's hope that. And let's talk about time prioritization because I read an interesting study and it says that um, nurses on average spend 
78 minutes per patient on activities in the patient room. And yeah. how do you manage your time and what do you consider your priorities when you are with the patient? Well, actually, my hospital has a motto that says the patient first. I think we always work like that in my ICU department. Every patient has only one nurse for every shift. So we do all with our patients. We wash them, we mobilize them, we talk to the families and the relatives, we work with the doctor, we give them medication. So um, I think it's very giving that you have the privilege to be only one nurse to one patient at an ICU ward. Exactly. And not everyone has that privilege. But no, again, I know. But I think that it's an important point that you can you spend your time with the patient as much as needed. But I also guess that working in the ICU, you are faced with many ethical decisions, both in terms of the patient, the visitors, relatives, yes. the community. How do yeah, you? Yeah, very often, yes. Yeah, exactly. And how do you prioritize making the right decisions for the betterment of those that you serve? I think it's always, again, a teamwork with our doctors and us as the nurses. We see the patients 24-7 and our doctors maybe just three times, 10 minutes a day. So um, I think we work as a team in my department. We don't consider the doctors higher than us. We are colleagues, all of us, and they listen to us and we are always with in the discussions about our patients. Should we go on? Could we do this? Could we do this? So I think it's very equal teamwork in our department. I'm very pleased to hear that. It sounds like it's a cultural thing that you have what we call a lot of psychological safety. So you are not afraid of speaking up if you see something is wrong and you are allowed to ask questions because you work on equal terms and yes, there's certainly. not a hierarchy. That's no. great to hear. Okay, so let's end the podcast with one final question, which is yeah. really important also. So our listeners include healthcare professionals across the world. Which advice would you give to them based on your learnings in the ICU and as a hygiene coordinator during the pandemic? I would say that it's so important with the hygiene. Sanitize your hands, take your gears off in the correct way so you don't contaminate yourself. It's been so important for us. So really take the hygiene to the next level. It really is the most important thing in a hospital ward. It is the infection prevention. Thank you, Mede, for taking your time to join us today. You're welcome. It was very fun. And thank you to our listeners. Please be safe and remember to clean your hands. 